Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Terrell Key. He has a podcast. We're going to be talking about it uh, and as well as giving his tips for those educators who are interested in starting a podcast. I've actually checked out his podcast uh, on Anchor, uh, checked out some videos on YouTube as well. So for those who will be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify and Audible, will you please introduce yourself to Rail? Hey, how are y'all doing? My name is Terrell Key. I am currently uh, serving as the president of the Illinois School Counselor Association. Um, I was a school counselor for 10 years. Now I'm an assistant principal. Um, I have a YouTube channel, a podcast, as Will, Dr. Will mentioned. Uh, it's called The Key to Success. Um, on my podcast, like we just try to find ways to inspire people to continue to do great things. Um, I talk to people uh, like educators that I admire from all over the country. And then now I actually started doing some book reviews on YouTube because I know a lot of people like to would like to read like, you know, like books and articles and things like that, but they don't have the time. So I kind of review it, give you my thoughts on it. And that's good for like for educators and also parents that need to learn more about education. That's all right. So I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you'll be doing when you were growing up and how did you find yourself in K through 12 education? So, all right. So I thought that I was going to be a CEO and I thought I was going to be an NFL football player. I played football like for a year in college in Northwest Missouri State. Those were some of the things I thought about. But on my top 100 goal sheets, like I, I kind of wrote that down when I was in high school. Um, being a school counselor was on there. Being a, a teacher, a, an administrator and a superintendent also made the list. Um, I ended up getting into education because like one, like my senior year of high school, I had like co-op and I was like a ed assistant, basically like at Normandy High School, Normandy Senior High School. And then I ended up subbing like later on in my career in college and uh, just realized that like my passion and my gift was for helping children. I ended up starting like an EOL program at a local elementary school in Columbia and stuff like that. So just one, I mean, I, when I found out, like, you know, whenever it was something about kids, like, I really had, like, genuine concern for, like, getting things done and making stuff happen, so. Mm. I'm here now, but I had no, you know, it wasn't on my list to be mm-hmm. working at K through 12, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I wanted to do something for our people, but also wanted some change, you know what I'm saying? I, I wanted that bank account to be looking like it, it was, it didn't know what to do with itself, you know? Uh, so definitely wasn't, this was definitely not on, on a list for me to be doing, but it's been a, a great ride these uh, past, uh, I guess, uh, 11 years um, mm-hmm. being with, uh, I did gear up via UMass Boston where I ran uh, the college, uh, program for kids at a uh, John D. O'Brien school. So I did that for a couple of years. And now, you know, I find myself, uh, this is my ninth grade, ninth, ninth grade. This is my ninth year 
uh, being a uh, instructional technologist with the K through 12 school district. So uh, it's been it's been interesting. So I, I, we'll see what happens, <laughs> what, what happens next. Uh, so. We know this digital age has really changed some things and there, you know, er, everyone is well, I don't everyone, but a lot of people are on social media and, you know, they're, they're on the IG, they're taking photos or they're doing something that is going to leave some sort of digital footprint. And I remember giving a talk uh, several years ago to parents about sort of their digital brand. And essentially when I broke it down to them and their kids were there was when someone Googles you, what do they see? And then I went and talk about how you want to start to post materials that will impact that narrative. So that's why I'm always a big believer that everyone should be in the business of creating content that adds to their brand. So again, when someone Googles you, the content they see is that blog, right? Or, or that vlog or those tutorials that you're creating and not some uh, vacation photos on Cancun or somewhere. <laughs> so in saying that, you mentioned this in your introduction that you are the creator and host of the Key to Success podcast. Why start a podcast over blogging or vlogging or other forms of video content we see out there? I mean, I only got into it to really help people. So, um, like I was like in my like my my room, you know, I had thought about doing a podcast kind of a little bit, but I was looking at uh like different news apps and everything on there was bad news, right? It was just everything is terrible, the world's bad. But you know, I look out my window and it's all right, you know. So I was thinking, I was like, man, it can't all be bad news. Somebody, you know, like there needs to be some good news. And one thing that I always kind of tell myself, like you could look left and right for somebody else to do something for you or you could create it yourself. So I decided to create good news myself, you know, like put out like put a positive spin on things like some of these bad articles, like about things happening in education that I'm kind of reviewing now. Like we in these articles, they never really discuss solutions or, like you know, um, like when I'm talking to people, I'm talking to people that are actively creating change. They have a long track record of uh, creating change in education. And uh, like, we kind of discussed their whys and, you know, like what motivates them to keep creating change? Like what would they like to change? And then uh, what are their keys to success? Like, what would you tell a 20 year old version of yourself like that you needed to do to be successful? Because that's from 20 something year old people probably listening, you know, like um, actually I know for sure. And um, I just want them to know, like, you know like we all started off you know, like most of us anyway, like struggling a little bit, like trying to figure our way out. And, uh, you know, like just over time, like, you know, like success comes like from failure and uh, getting back up and then falling again. And, you know, like it just takes time, like to really get uh, to where we are now in education. So how did you get started podcasting? You know, like once you decided your direction was going to be sharing the positivity, sharing the shine, what did you do next? I looked on YouTube and said, how do you start a podcast? <laughs> Seriously, uh, I got me a cheap little USB mic that I need to upgrade. Um, you know what I mean? I got one of those. And uh, I just went down to the basement. I just tried. I mean, sometimes in life, you got to do things that you're not prepared to do. Like I looked, I saw somebody was using Audacity, like a free app and stuff like that. I just started. And uh, I was like, how do you get music for a podcast? And I tried to do that. You know what I mean? Like 
So I just, I just try, man. Like to me, man, like one of the things um, that I know about myself is I'm not afraid to fail uh, because I know that's not who I am. It's just a moment in time. So like I could, you know, like, so the first one I was like, if it's bad, then maybe I just don't do it again. Or maybe I just keep trying and it gets better. Uh, the YouTube channel started out the same way. Like I just tried it. You know what I mean? Like who, like who cares if I, if I do bad, oh, well, I'll do better on the next one. And, um, and that's just the way I roll, man. Like I just try stuff and um, I'm not afraid to lose. So I always mm-hmm. know I'm gonna stand back up again. All right. So in saying that and in you going through YouTube and looking at all of these videos on how to start a podcast and probably listening to the podcast yourself, mm-hmm. how did you craft your unique voice? Was it something that just came naturally to yeah, you? Me. Or did you just say I'm going to hit record and I'm just going to go with it. I just hit record and just go. Um, like, I, like I tell people sometimes, man, I just say stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and whatever comes out, like, it's just authentically me. Um, like, when I'm planning a podcast, literally, I got to write down ideas, like, and where they might fit. Like, it's like one word. And then I just talk about it. You know what I mean? I just, I just kind of do it and just let it, let it flow. Um, and I just think, like, over time, like, it just gets better and better. Um, if I wrote down precisely what I was going to say and stuff, it'll be boring. It would bore me. So I don't know what I'm going to say when I get on there. I just, I, you know, I, I literally just get up there and say stuff. I promise you. Wow. So you don't plan out your podcast? Not for, I mean, not for real. Like, I mean, it'd be like, this is the topic. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about this. And this is my idea for fixing it. Wow. That's it. You're and, uh, that's That's how I write papers too. Like literally, like it's literally like, Thesis statement, point one, point two, point three. <laughs> like this, I mean, it is what it is, and I just, I just shoot and then see how it goes. You know what I mean? And and I try to do them in one take too. So if I mess up, I just mess up. Like so, some of them I'm saying like and uh. If I mess up, I mess up. I'll get better next time. But I want people to see growth. Mm. I want them to see me making mistakes early on, and I don't delete them. I like you can watch me make a mistake here and then see how far it's gone, you know, over time. The only thing I upgraded was the thumbnails, to be honest. That's the one thing. I was like, my thumbnails were bad, so I made better thumbnails, but that's it. Well, what have you noticed as a difference in your podcast now? Let's say from your first five. I was, to be honest, I was very unsure of myself, like, especially like in the interviews. I didn't want to just because, you know, like it's virtual. I didn't want to just jump in and stuff like that. I wanted to make sure that I got my questions in like more so than I do now. Like now I just kind of flow with the interview and like, you know, and let them like, you know, and and probe because I'm also a school counselor. You know what I mean? So like I kind of do I just talk to them and listen. And then I if I get to the questions, I get to them now. But before it was like I would be listening to you and I'd be waiting to go to question number two. You know what I mean? Like I'm listening but I ain't, you know, like, I'm not really, like, listening and picking apart things like I'm, I'm doing now. Um, and some of those episodes haven't even come out yet. They won't even come out until February. So, like, we're still, like, on my new stuff, like, when I was, like, a month or two in. Wow. Wow. So, a lot of people don't start the podcast or they don't start the YouTube channel. They don't start blogging until because they're like i gotta get the perfect laptop i gotta get the perfect microphone i gotta get the 
the perfect tablet so they don't start right or and they, or and they just spend so much time on YouTube or, or listening to podcasts about X, Y, and Z equipment. You mentioned how you bought a cheap little USB mic for yourself, but what were some of the other initial investments you made when you launched your podcast? It was literally, okay, so I got the cheap little microphone. I think it might've been like $30. Um, let's see at the beginning, uh, man, I already had a computer and it's not the best, like, for doing YouTube or anything. Like, I'm going to have to upgrade that later. Um, I had a little desk. I was sitting in the basement. <laughs> and, it, I mean, it really wasn't much. Um, I, I, and I know, man, like, just with anything, like, whether when I, when I was practicing, like, to run a marathon and stuff like that, man, like, you just start, like, I mean, at first I couldn't even run one mile. Then I ended up running 26. It just, over time, if you repetitively do something, it gets good. You know, like uh, your content gets better just from you um, just doing it more. Like, you know, now I'm creating content almost every day. Like, so I'm going to get better at it, like just by course of nature. I, I've seen like on YouTube because I've watched like the top mistakes and stuff people make, like not starting. Like, you know, like I, I've seen that, but like that's just not who I am. I'm more impulsive like then that you know what I mean like it's more like this is something I strongly believe that I should be doing if I if I'm bad at it oh well like I just I, I have to keep working at it to get stronger and better um if you're in the gym you know what I'm saying like you go in you're not gonna be throwing up 300 pounds right away you you might start light but over time if you consistently put in that work you get better and that's something that I just strongly believe in you put the work in you get better like are you ever great I don't know but you get better Mm. So let's jump more into your podcast, The Key to Success. So when you are, especially when you're saying, I'm going to bring a guest on, right? That's Mm -hmm. different from you doing a solo episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like guests better than solo episodes. I feel like when I'm doing a solo episode, I'm kind of just rambling and I'm looking at the time, making sure it's not too long. Mm -hmm. But what is your process for sort of interviewing guests, right? Particularly when you're trying to balance listening intently so you can come back with follow-up questions, but sort of making sure you sort of keep yourself online because you have an outline of questions that you want to get to. So even with myself, I'll give out questions to people. I may do all of them and then have a bunch of follow-ups or sometimes between certain answers, I may say, okay, well, these three, as I'm looking at them, I know I'm not going to go those three. I'm going to have these. Mm-hmm. How do you keep that converse, that conversation going and engage them in a way so that it does actually feel natural and not something that you are going off a script from? Yeah, I kind of try to process it when I'm going, because I know sometimes they naturally, um, and I actually made that mistake um, on my one that just came out. So like she asked the question and I, I meant to ask a different question. She answered the question. I mean, and I meant to ask a different question, you know, but I asked the one that she kind of not, she didn't answer it directly, but she answered it indirectly inside of another question. So I made that mistake. I'm not sure if people caught it, but I, I definitely made that mistake because I, like, this was the first time um, that I decided to just let it flow and then try to work that way. Like, so this, that was the first, my first time actually doing it. And the one that uh, school happiness is a responsibility. Mm-hmm. That was the first time. So like, cause I had interviewed her before 
like she was like my second or third interview, but I ended up having a YouTube channel. So I had to hit her back. I was like, yo, I got a YouTube channel. So we need video now, you know, because I can't just throw up audio of you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be the same. So she was cool. And she uh, she allowed me to, you know, interview her again. But um, so like that's kind of like newer work. But like I was trying it out. Like that was my first time really just trying to not really focus on the questions because I know the questions. But I want to make sure that I kind of, you know, I want to get some to the meat of some of the stuff that she's talking about, especially right now, like with school happiness, when so many people are depressed, you know, and so many people are overwhelmed and she's an expert on it. And like, I just want to know, like, what she would suggest, like for teachers or for students and and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm. And how do you go about finding your guests like for me i get referrals Mm -hmm. uh but a lot of what i do is just via social media so there's some people that i look at i make oh yo this person is like real dope let me reach out to them on on linkedin or youtube or or ig and then you know like you got hip to me i just throw out a hey people i'm looking for you know teachers who've done x y and z and i get a bunch of people coming uh, to me. So what is your process for finding someone, particularly someone that is going to actually fit what you're trying to do with your show? So right now I'm still like, to be honest, like sometimes it's just people like inboxing me or sometimes I see some people on LinkedIn, but a lot of times like, cause like I'm also like, like on two like American school council associations, uh, like uh, committees. So I know like a lot of these people, right? You know what I mean? I, I actually like hang out with them and stuff. So like I like I just hit them up, like, yo, man, I need you on the show. Like, you know, like you American School Council of the Year, I need you on the show. Or, you know, like you're on the board, I need you on the show. Like, you know, we were just kicking a couple of weeks ago. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I need you on the show. Like, cause people need to hear like some of the stuff that you're doing. And I make sure like that's some great people, um, but they're not as dynamic. So, like, sometimes I don't pick them right away. Like, I just keep them in a tuck because I haven't hit them up yet. But I've been picking, like, the people that are not only killing it, but they're, like, very dynamic and, like, very well known. And I think, like, the part, part of the reason for that is because I know more people are going to tune in because people know them for being, like, really outgoing. Like, they're not going to clam up in an interview or something like that. Like, they could just, like, you literally, like, they could literally just walk in and do a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, it don't even matter. Like they could just do it. You know what I mean? I got the it factor. So I've been doing that. And then also I got some off of LinkedIn. I got Dr. Karen Hall coming up and she was like, hers was really good. Like, cause she's now like, she's working for like Desi, like, you know, like the Missouri department of education and stuff like that. I mean, she was giving me advice. Like during, I'm like, I'm taking notes during the thing. Like, man, like, cause this is kind of where I want to go. I want to do like state level work and national work and stuff like that. So so that's kind of how I do it. That's all right. That's all right. We 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 need a change definitely at the state and federal level. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Even with with the work that I do in instructional technologies with teachers, and I you know, and I look at the standards, and I'm like, like who wrote this? It's way. It's not. Way. It's not even usable. <laughs> it's not even usable like i mean and like i even learned in class or whatever when i was doing my uh my specialist uh program um I, like one of the best teachers i had dr shelton he was like you got to protect the teachers from these these standards sometimes like you pick a few of them and unpack those and you do that but like you like you can't do all that like look at it <laughs> what are you gonna do with this 
Hey, that's what the interesting thing is that they fail to realize is because of that pacing guy, you won't have a lot of teachers who are going to just pop, 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 just to get through it. They need or, to reteach. Yeah, or they'll say, okay, well, these are our, our power standards that we know is going to be on that test. So that's where they'll I'm spend some the test, right? They'll spend some time there, and the other ones they'll just touch it just to say we touched it, but then get surprised that the test scores don't move the way they want to move or if they do move it's not long term because you can tell when a kid moves to maybe another grade level or they move from middle school to high school and then you look at the high school and you go well, why that high school isn't moving when this when these other schools are looking this way now because you had surface level you, you did a drive-by teaching and you didn't go in depth. So, you know, that's for me. I would, I, I, would get I totally agree with that. And I also think that um, beyond just that, because like a lot of times, like when we look at, you know, like school achievement and stuff like that, we all, all of us, like a lot of us don't want to say it, man. Like we got to have better relationships with parents and like and for real, because like you, a parent has a kid for 18 years. Like we got to build those relationships with parents and we got to get parents on our team. Um, as an administrator, like I'm starting, I mean, like even as a counselor, I saw it, but like more so, like it's sort of like an adversarial relationship at times. 80% of the parents are doing the right thing, but you got like 20, like 20 some odd percent that just do not have the best relationships with the school. And like, and we need them, like we need them at the kitchen table, like every, like throughout the time, you know what I mean? Like we need them holding kids accountable and uh, being our and supporting our children, like along the way. And like, we got to figure out a way to do that because to be honest with you, I think the system's crumbling right now because like you're putting it all on the educators, like everything, like you got to teach all these standards. You got to do social emotional learning. You got to teach them how to balance the checkbook. You got to like all of these different things. I mean, even the school shooting, who bought the gun? You know what I'm saying? Like, like we have to find a way to, you know, to build these relationships with parents. Like, I don't want to say like just holding people accountable because like it's not going to work in that type of a language, but like we got to have a partnership. Like we got to have a relationship with the parents that leads to student achievement. I hear you, but hey, that's why you got your job and I got mine. Right. Uh, I can't, I'm, look, dude, I am not in the best frame of mind to do that work uh, mm -hmm. because just like when it comes to students, right? And, and the reality is schools need to understand that you can't make a kid do the work mm -mm. and you can't make a kid want to do the work. Oh. Now, you can do this PBIS stuff all day. You can have all sorts of incentives, but that is extrinsic motivation. That is only mm -hmm. going to work for so long for a certain population of your students. Mm -hmm. Students need to be able to tap into something on the inside, mm -hmm. right? of why I'm here, why I'm putting in this work and what does this work mean to me down the road? Absolutely. And that is a type of work that the regular classroom just ain't built for, no. right? Um, and, and this is where you gotta have some after-school programs going on. You gotta have some clubs, you gotta have social workers. And then, you know, some conversation with parents just got to be real. Be honest, some, man. Like, we got to be honest with parents. Some people don't want to have that, that real Joe Clark 
Type we need like we ser- we seriously need parents like and like for real man like it's no ducking and dodging it like we need parents like we need them like when it's parent teacher conferences we need them like we literally need the parents to come on our side and and it is an incredibly difficult thing to do like I'm not saying it like like yeah you could just walk and talk to a parent and it's just gonna work that way it's an incredibly complicated problem because like some of the parents are working multiple jobs and stuff like that there's it's an incredibly difficult project but it's a worthy project and like like we have to because i'm telling you right now you can spend as much money as you want but if a kid a parent has a kid for 18 years and they're not talking to them they're yelling at them they're abusing them they're doing you know they don't have resources at home the parents not work like whatever like there's only so much that outsiders can do that only have them for so long like we like we can do great things to uplift kids individually, but sometimes they have an intrinsic motivation within themselves that's beyond the circumstances. And I think, you know, like probably, you know, you and I might even represent that. You know what I'm saying? So like one of my friends, like he's a doctor and he was asking me, like we sat down. He said, how can you make the kids like us? Like he, you know, he's from uh, West Side of St. Louis, man, like, it's, you know, like crazy life like growing up but he's a doctor and now he's running a hospital system he's like how can we make kids like us and i was like i don't know if we can make a child just like us because it's our experiences like you know in the hard times that we went through that built us you know what i mean like and we you got to have a parent man like and you can't rely on every kid to just have what we had like that gumption like to go to school to walk in the snow uh to do like to do it you can't rely on every kid to have that because it's just not like that and what ends up happening is the average kid that's in that circumstances doesn't succeed and only the exceptional make it. And then you look at test scores where you only have 10 or 15 people meeting or exceeding, 15% of like the students meeting or exceeding. Well, those are your exceptional ones. But the average person can't make it through some of the circumstances that our kids are going through. And that's in part because of the parents. No doubt. You got to have those. <sighs> You got to have those supports. It's 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 uh, and again, the, again, the average school system just isn't set up that way because they don't have a lot of social workers, right? Mm-hmm. And you can have a guidance counselor, and I know ASCA will say, "We want you to be doing this social emotional work with kids," but a lot of guidance counselors when they when they get to the real work like Ashley can say this but when you get to that real work in that school you're doing okay. testing and rostering and all kind of stuff that have absolutely nothing to do with you know let me sit down with this student and talk to them and help them through these issues mm-hmm. uh and so now there's that disconnect and again that whole child needs to needs to be taken into account when you're talking about how can we get this child to because i call it the hope gap yeah right I agree. and so when that kid can hope for better and they know what's out there they're going to do the work mm-hmm. right you don't have to worry about that they're going to do the work but if all right. they see is generations of poverty or they see the hustle they see x y and z for you know I totally agree with you. Well, and, what, and, and, you know what I'm saying? What's left for me to do? Yeah. And and the thing is, like, that's why you try to get in, you know, like minority teachers or teachers from like say if it's a small, like small, poor white community, like you try to get people from that community that can speak the language and stuff like that. 
But the thing is that we've been sugarcoating education. I'm just going to tell you. I mean, what are we trying to do? We're trying to make up for deficiencies. Where are those deficiencies coming from? Like, we have to fix it. Like, that, like, we, we have ignored it for so long. Like, there are deficiencies at home that, as a country, we got to fix. We got to fix it. And we got to stop playing games. Like, you know, like, you could underfund schools and then have these people work to the bone, like, to try to make up for the deficiencies of parents, man, that have these kids for 18 years. And when some of the harm has been done since they were babies, you know what I mean? Like, like we're, we're literally trying to fix deficiencies that we're not naming. I hear you. I hear you. And that's why we need schools to do, to do some things that, again, on average, they're just not set up to do. So, uh, it, it, you know, I started my career in after school programs. Now, but I also worked with kids at a school. They had to take a test to get in. Mm -hmm. Right. So they made my years, my first years into the game. Awesome. Because, you know, I didn't deal with the average kid. You know, I, I right. worked with kids that were exceptional. They were, yeah, they were about their business, you know. And so uh, a, a few uh, a few right before the, well, before the pandemic. I connected with one of the, the uh, in the former students and like, oh, oh wow, you you're working on a graduate degree at Harvard. Like, you know, these kids, are, you know, they doing it. And so they spoiled me, man, because when, mm -hmm. <laughs> when, yeah. when I lived that environment, I was like, oh, man. And that's some great kids. Like I'm telling you, they could so, like could do great things despite deficiencies, man. Like I'm telling you, man, like incredible things, man. And, like, the thing is, like, I don't want it to come off, like, you know, that I'm saying, like, we need to just dog parents, but, like, we got to find a way to uplift parents. No doubt. And teach parents, like, man, hey, look, this is the importance of, like, what we're doing here. Like, this is why I know you tired. You work two jobs. You're trying to put food on the table. You're cooking and all that. But this is why you need to have a conversation with your child. You know what I mean? Like, because they're displaying these behaviors and stuff like that. We got to get to a point where it's okay to talk to parents, like, and say, hey, look, we need your support here. This is what we're saying. This is what we need to know. And like without it seeming like the school's coming at you. And I know you tired. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not coming at you like that. We're just asking for like we got our hands out at this point. Um, we need help. I mean, our teachers like teachers are not wanting to work. Um, it's not even just the pay. Like if you could pay somebody more, but like some of the psychological stuff that teachers are going through right now, like you could pay them. Like, they still it still wouldn't fix it, you know. I mean, those teachers that cry in my office all the time, all the time. And like, and, and it's, it's because of behaviors that are, are existing. And then like the adversarial relationship when they call home and stuff like that, they feel like they don't have any way, you know, like outside of, you know, giving it up. I hear you. I hear you. So, hey, schools, get your parent centers going on and staff it and really, yes. and, and really work, work with it work with people in the community so we got all off you didn't know we were going to be doing this today i didn't know we were doing this today gotten off this podcast uh conversation but let, let's get back to the podcast when because you said that you have you try to look at people who are going to be engaging folks right to come on because you want the conversation to, to have a certain flow have you ever Thought someone was going to be like, okay, this, this is going down. It's going down. Record happens and you're like, oh, 
Okay. Did this not go? yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Not okay. yet. I know it's coming too. I know it's coming. <laughs> I know it's coming. Um, like literally, so like so far, I've only interviewed people I know. Like I know for facts, I've seen them speak. You know what I mean? Like to hundreds, if not thousands of people. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I like not yet. I know I'm gonna run out of people one day that I know. <laughs> it's gonna. I'm gonna have to try to coach them up and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Like, look, like, what do you do? Like in those situations? Man, I I try to sort of come at them with certain questions to get them to open up but sometimes i'm like well when is i'm just sitting here like well this ain't a show <laughs> when, when is this interview gonna be open when is it gonna be done mm-hmm. uh because you know so, some people you know you you ask them hey what x y and z and instead of them sort of giving an answer with 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 uh whether they elaborate or they're telling a story it's literally a, B, C, D, and they stop. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's it? All right, okay. <laughs> Usually when that happens, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a long a long hour or whatever. I can tell you, oh. you ain't got to worry about that with me. I'll probably talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So when... So... How many episodes have you done so far? So I've uh, released about 13 but i've done about 20 20 22 23 it's about 23 or so 23 episodes and what have you learned from those episodes that you are taking with you moving forward well i'm learning um like it's not just about releasing content it's about releasing quality content so like some days like I want to just push stuff out you know like just thinking I could fake it time like and like sometimes you know like actually one of my like most viewed videos like I was pretty tired when I did it um but like I know that now I could take a little bit more time and make it more polished you know what I mean um yeah like that's that's the thing like because a lot of times I, I just I'm literally like just doing it like off the hip or whatever but I think like if I take a little bit more time plan it out just a little bit more I think it could be even better um I want to know learn how to like my editing is starting to get better like for YouTube and stuff like that but I could see like even just like the just over the course of doing it like I learned how to add transitions just on the fly like yesterday you know what I mean so Cause like I was getting having like video go chop right to another, you know what I mean? Like now I learned how to put in transitions and stuff like that. So it's just like some of it is just like, just like doing it more. Like you learn more, but also some of it I probably just need to like take a second and plan it out. But like I'm I'm definitely not a person that wants to overplan it. Cause to me, overplan things are stale. Like I don't want to see somebody read off the script and stuff like that. Man, just say what you mean, and uh, say it with your chest. <laughs> that done got me in trouble a lot i know uh, so <laughs> before we go what is your advice to those educators who like you they're in the beginning stages of of, of releasing their podcast and you know let's say they're 20 episodes in they're not 
seeing the traffic that they want and they're starting to feel like, wow, why am I doing this if no one is listening? What do you say to them to keep, to encourage them to keep going, to keep putting in that work? I think that uh, you want to focus on the listener. Like, so you want to figure out exactly who you want to talk to and what service you want to provide them with. If you're doing it only for people to just listen to you, um, you probably, you're probably not going to keep people like subscribe to you. Um, the thing is like, for me, like I, my goal, like seriously, like I don't really care about ever getting monetized or anything like that. I, I mean, like I, it's probably harder. I mean, like, I, I can't even imagine getting there. Hopefully one day, maybe, but like my main thing is the people that do follow me and, and stick with me. I want to provide like um, hope. I want to provide information. I think that we could continue to get smarter together. Like we could look at some of these articles, dissect it. I want to have some live streams like where we could start like, you know, like discussing the articles and stuff like that. Maybe pulling people up, telling me what they think about it, because like, you know, we all have a different lens, like, you know, like on the problem. And I'm not going to say I'm the person that's always right. You know what I mean? So like maybe we could look at it. Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm off base about like the parents or something like that. Maybe it's something else that I'm not seeing. But I think that we got to start having discussions like this that lead to solution instead of just complaining and complaining and complaining. Like I want to provide content that leads to solutions, like for people that we could all share and that we can make things better for, for all educators and for children and everyone else. That's all right. This brother is serious about his mission. It's serious about his mission. Hey, and all the, I wish you the best. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode is going to be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Citrus, Spotify, and Audible. I need you to subscribe. I need you to follow. And I need you to share. And though I'm on all major podcast platforms, I'm trying to grow on Apple Podcasts. So I leave a message. Can a brother get some reviews? Because I'm trying to get Oprah on the show and I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Terrell Key, for coming on and dropping so many gems. And I'd like to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace. Mm -hmm.